I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Jen Govier, founder of Hux, an underwear and athletic wear brand with the mission to end the dreaded camel toe and provide women with a level of comfort never matched before in this category. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. When founder Jen caught sight of her camel toe while working out, her own embarrassment put her on a mission to solve this problem for all women. After searching the market, she realized that the perfect camel toe concealing underwear just did not exist. She had to go ahead and invent it herself. Hux is the evolution in women's undies, proudly designed in Canada with a patent pending. The company is proud to have been recognized as Tech Alliance Limitless People's Choice Award winner, honoring a standout entrepreneur in the innovation space. To build her brand, Jen has drawn from her experience as a senior regional manager at TD Wealth Financial Planning, a position where she leads a team of passionate and dedicated financial planners. Here is our conversation. Jen, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. I was just saying you're our, our first official recording of 2023. So very, very exciting to be talking with you today. And um, I like to start these conversations by asking guests to kind of go back down memory lane a little bit. When you were growing up, what did you think you would do as a career later in life? So it's interesting. So I grew up in a big family. So there's 10 of us. So I have five brothers and four sisters. And so, wow. yeah, so big family. Uh, so lots of learning. Um, my dad was sort of, he was, he, you know, had full-time job. My mom stayed at home and took care of us. And it's interesting. My dad always had a side job. And so a lot of times he was actually cutting, cutting grass for rich people. So I would take the opportunity to go with him and I would go and I would roam the property and pretend I lived there because it was a long, it was a long way from up. <laughs> so I always that I think that's what really started my imagination to say, oh, I want to do really great things. I wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, I will say uh, the safe bet for me was was the bank. I love the bank. I knew there was stability. And so my mom, um, when she was working before kids had worked at TD. Uh, many moons ago. And so the safe bet for me was to go into finance. Mm-hmm. You know, even outside of that, I just had this, this light in me that I wanted to do so much more to impact the world. So I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I definitely had an imagination. So um, yeah. I love that. And tell me about kind of the first step. So assuming, you know, it seemed pretty clear that you wanted to go into banking. So assuming you pursued uh, studies in, in finance and then that, you know, that must have been a pretty, a pretty clear track from there. Pretty clear. And yeah. yeah, tell me about starting in, in the world of finance. For sure. So, um, so study business in school, I will say, you know, every mark that I ever, you know, ever got, I really had to work hard for, I don't, my brain just works differently. And so I would say, you know, some people, academics come really easy. And so for me, uh, it was challenging. So I said, I didn't love school. So I do so much better in person, hands-on. I can connect with people like that's where my strength is. So when I started out at the bank, I sort of started out uh, part-time. Um, and then I just, um, I continued to like make really good connections with people. And so it was funny. I just, I, I had people reach out to me to, to offer me uh, opportunities 
that quite frankly, I wasn't sure that I deserved, but they could see that I could connect with people. And so I just, I would say that every opportunity that came in front of me, I would just say yes. And I didn't know why, mm-hmm. but I would just take the opportunity. And for me, it's just, I think it's the way that I learn. I'm more of a hands-on learner versus versus academics, which is interesting because I'm in finance and you need every piece of accreditation <laughs> to do the job that I'm in today. Um, but uh, so I would just say, I would just say yes to every opportunity. And what I found I, you know, within 10 years at the bank, I had, you know, 11 jobs. And so what that taught me is never to get comfortable. So I would be in a role, mm. I was just getting my stride. And then I would be asked, you know, for another opportunity. And so I think what that taught me is that, you know, you can figure anything out. So I worked in anywhere from, you know, frontline customer associate to managing teams to working in HR to jobs in India. I worked in operations, uh, so t- it afforded me so many opportunities. And I would say it wasn't my my brains; it was just my willingness to to connect with people and help. And I would do whatever it took to help people. And I would say that path really prepared me for being an entrepreneur. And so there's mm-hmm. many things as an entrepreneur. I remember the, the reason I got into you know Hux and I developed this business was there was an opportunity that I saw where there was a a gap in the market in terms of women's performance underwear. And so I remember thinking like, I've been all these different roles. And I think we've all been in roles where you've had leaders and we thought like, these aren't the brightest people. And in fact, I don't even know if some of them, I'm not going to say it TD, but some of you think like, where's your integrity? Like I could see like some gaps and I, I would think if you can do this, I know that I can do this. And so I remember having the idea based on a wardrobe malfunction and it's kind of a funny I love story. That. <laughs> I was doing kettlebell swings at the gym and I got a, you know, I'm a gym enthusiast and I was doing kettlebell swings at the gym and I got sight of my camel toe. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I went looking for a product on the market and there wasn't anything that was there. And so I, I really mm-hmm. reflected back on how much I had achieved at the bank and all the opportunities without being the brightest person, but always willing to do the work and always willing to say yes. And so it gave me the courage to go like, let's just do this. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, it didn't happen overnight. It was, you know, five right now, it's still five years in the making, you know, 22 prototypes later, we had a product, but I would say that right. kind of the genesis of it is I started it with the bank safe, took on different roles and then just saw that I could figure stuff out. And you, I mean, it's interesting because you followed in your, in your mom's footsteps by going, you know, into a career in banking, but you also followed it into your dad's footsteps by starting a side hustle. I actually never thought about that in terms of, okay, that's good. I actually never put that together with my dad. I just thought he was trying to make ends meet, but you're right. Because it's not obvious to everyone that it is possible to have a side hustle, right? And sometimes we hear, oh, if you're serious about that business idea, you got to go all in. You got to quit right. your job and go all in. So, what made you think that it would be sustainable to be doing both? And how do you kind of set up, you know, your 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 time and just your 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 business so that you're able to still have a career uh, at the bank in addition to being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I would say I never, I kept it quiet for a lot of time because I never wanted anybody to think that I would ever do anything half-assed. Like I didn't want anyone to think that I wasn't fully committed to my day job. In fact, I would say I over-rotated because I was like, in no way do I want anyone to think that I'm not fully committed because at the end of the day, I'm most energized by helping people. Like I get my juice by sitting in a coaching session with my team or, and, and just like helping them to see the world, you know, differently or just help shift their perspective so that they can do more thought was possible. That's where I get my juice. 
But I saw this opportunity and I thought, you know what? I'm going to manage my own expectations. Time is going to pass regardless. I'm going to do my day job. If I do just one thing every single day, whether it's market research, whether it's to test other products, I am going to move that business forward. Time's going to pass anyway. And I don't have this dream of retiring. I know I'm in financial planning. I will work till the day I die because I just think we're, it's about contribution and service. And so mm-hmm. whether I, it didn't happen till I was 80. So I managed my own expectations on that. And right. people say, how's your business? I'm like, you know what? Just one thing every day. And before you know it, we have a truckload of, you know, 10,000 pairs of underwear coming in that were manufactured in Asia. And the people I've had to meet like that just lined up mm-hmm. was unbelievable. So I would say one thing every day over time can is monumental. Right. That's really good advice. Um, and tell me about getting the business idea off the ground. So um, you mentioned, I think it was about four years ago that you started the business. Now we're seeing, you know, a lot more new players in in that category within the really, the, you know, the underwear uh, industry. Um, and we're seeing a lot of women at the forefront of innovation in that category. And I love that you tackled camel toe specifically. I, that's, I find that so, so smart because that is an issue we've all encountered in, in, you know, different situations. Um, how was it, you know, kind of lining up the right vendors, doing product research, doing market research? And did you feel that your background in, you know, finance, banking kind of prepared you for some of it? So I would say uh, finance prepared me, I would say, like, in terms of like, having the courage to try different things. That's how TD, that's how that's how my day job sort of set me up for, to have the courage to do this. Cause I just in reflection figured out, but I would say in terms of getting it off the ground, it didn't serve me in any way. Like mm-hmm. I had no experience. I, um, I didn't even know where to start. Like literally I, I had, a, I had people that had worked with me or um, friends that believed in me and believed in the idea. So they are literally helping me get this off the ground, not being paid, just saying when this, when we get to a spot, I want to chair at the table. And so they've been, you know, very helpful in, in doing it. But I would say, like, we literally started out by stapling, you know, the, the product together, say, okay, and then we tested it. And then I mean, it wasn't comfortable. And then we tried different fabrics. And, and you know, we went into like, we have Western University here, I went to the engineering mm-hmm. department, the man was running the engineering department. So you can imagine having a conversation about camel toe. He was like, I told my wife you were coming in and she couldn't believe. So I went to Western. I went to Fanshawe because they have the design school here. They said, no, you're not far enough along. I went to the business development center. They connected me. So there were so many ish like points where we were just set back and frustrated. And the team would say to me, I said, guys, this is going to work out. We're just, all it will take is one connection. And I don't know about you, but I truly believe what you believe, what you work for and what you put out, you attract back. And so the craziest thing, and I believe in the law of attraction, I have too many things manifest in my life for it not to be true. I literally had friends in Costa Rica. They were on a personal retreat at this very exclusive um, resort, mm-hmm. you know, going on their own personal journey. And so they ca- the, the, the husband, I'm really good friends with the wife. The husband called me after we had a meeting with my Hux team. I said, guys, you, like, don't lose faith. It's going to work out. That was on a Wednesday or Thursday. I remember this. On the Saturday, Doug calls me from the resort in Costa Rica. And I was like, what? Like, normally it would be his wife, Trish, calling me. He calls me. He says, Jen, I just met somebody that's going to help you get this off the ground. And remember, we've been like roadblock after roadblock. And he said, 
She worked in the apparel business. She worked for Nike, Nygaard. She, she you know, has her own clothing line. She's going to help you. And I just like burst into tears because I'm thinking, <laughs> here you're on your own personal journey and you're trying to help me. And so I, I share that because I, I truly believe that what you work for, like things will line up and it's, you can't always explain it, but the chances that this person was in Costa Rica with my friend at the time that I was needing help. And then she flew into Toronto. We met at Sassafras in downtown Toronto. She looked at the product and she said, I'm going to help you with this. And that was like, and then she had all the connections Mm. because she's been in this business. And so that's really how that happened. Like not getting discouraged when I hit the roadblocks and just truly believing too many people had said, Oh my gosh, I have this problem. Like if you can get this, like, you know, we did test groups. And so I would say it's just being so deliberate and intentional Mm -hmm. about your purpose and your why so that you, you don't give up when you get hit those, you know, hit those walls or get those setbacks. I, I love that story so much. It was really meant to happen. Um, and I, and I love that as a banker too, you, uh, you know, you believe in, in, uh, kind of these things, you know, lining up when they're meant to, um, was, would you say your first year, your first couple of years were more difficult than you expected? And what would have been, you know, in addition to what you just described, trying to get this off the ground and finding the right partners, um, what would you say was kind of the biggest obstacle you overcame? I would say COVID. So we had a lot, we had been building this and building this and building this. And then like it delayed everything. So it delayed product and we had people like lining up for this and I, we just couldn't deliver. So in hindsight, when I look at it, like we, sh- we shouldn't have overpromised, like, oh, we're launching, we're launching. And then of course the pandemic. And then of course overseas, like there was stuff not moving, like right. they were not, yeah. but they were shut down before we were shut down. And so um, I would say like, we probably set that up where we could, we were counting on that product coming in in a certain timeline. And so I would say, thankfully people were pretty forgiving because they understood like the world was falling apart. Like there was a a worldwide pandemic. Um, The other thing that we, you know, kind of some of the issues was, so this was my first time, obviously manufacturing a product. I didn't know. So the product comes in and it's like, I, I remember my kids looking at it going, it's like Nike. It's like Nike. It has the name on the box and the SKU numbers. And like my kids were like freaking out thinking it was like the coolest thing, right? Like mom had this idea and now it's like coming in the driveway. Like it was crazy. But when we we were so excited, had the champagne and then we opened the first roll and there was like damage to the product. And so what that did was like, uh, it's a good product, but I was like, now we have to go through 10,000 pairs So before, so it's not very efficient, right? And so Mm -hmm. hindsight, had I have known, I learned this after, is that you need to have boots on the ground, quality control testers that go in partway through. And so, you know, that, you know, when you get a big order from a gym and they like, you have to go through that entire product, I'm not going to ship it out and send it to them without going through it on my own. So that was a very, yeah, a a lesson, a hard lesson to, to learn. And tell me a little bit about the first time, and it may have been the moment you described, although, you know, the the, the quality issue could, could have countered that, but what's the first time where you felt like, okay, this might actually work, my business is going to take off and we have, you know, a good product on our hands? So I would say when we started to get reorders, so we, so people would order and then it, like to try it. And then shortly after, you know, within four weeks, they started, you know, two and three. And I was like, 
holy cow. Like I said to my husband, I'm like, uh, the majority of our orders are reorders. And and I, I was almost disappointed. He's like, well, like, <laughs> honey, that's the point. But I said, we have to get this out to more people because it was like, you know, it was friends of friends of friends. And I felt like I didn't want to tap or use people or, but they love the product. And so I would say like, that's when I was like, you know what? And then I had um, sort of a, a influential woman try the product, love the product and, you know, was trying to get it on to the shopping channel, was like getting behind it saying, oh my gosh, I love this. So I would see people like people like that were bought in and they were trying to help me. They're like, whatever we can do to help. Like I have, you know, a woman who runs a, a magazine, like put us on the, the list of, of top products that you must try for fitness enthusiasts. And so there was so many pieces like that, that just reinforced like, okay, because there is that always that self doubt, I would say I didn't even realize it until I was holding myself back in terms of like proactively going after gyms and asking them to, to I, I, I felt like my, I was attached to the product and someone rejected the product that it was a rejection for me. Yeah, and I was, yeah. I, I, did, I was like, why am I holding back? I'm in sales. I've been in sales my whole yeah. life. Like sales is about asking the right questions, identifying a need and just like helping people. But I was like paralyzed. Mm. And then, you know, I saw that. I mean, that was learning for me to go, okay, what's really going on here. And the other piece is we won this award. So we have, this was like, you know, six months out. It's the people's choice, limitless tech Alliance award. And oh, so congratulations. That, Right. It was, it's, you know, somebody identified the product as really being in that femtech space. And so mm -hmm. talking about the taboo and so like, just like indications like that, I was like, okay, this is something here. And so, yeah, that was kind of gave me the reassurance. I mean, you know, if I'm completely honest, I still have, have doubts. Like we changed manufacturers cause they just pissed me off the first time. Like you can come back and you know, we'll reimburse. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like the product honestly is uh, obviously I'm thrilled with it. But I'm always like, how do we do this better? How do, uh, you know, we've had instances where clients have or customers have come back to us and said, ah, and I right said it. If the product isn't perfect, like I will over rotate because service is important to me and what I want right. my customers to be happy. Um, but right, we're right now we're looking at different manufacturer. We're prototyping different products based on feedback. Like women want a thinner thong, they want it to come up a bit higher. Some of them want it seamless. So we're just like we're continuing to grow. And quite frankly, we're, we're just getting started. Mm, that's amazing. How do you, um, how do you manage growth? Is it about, and again, I'm, I'm kind of keeping in mind that this is something you do in addition to your, your career in finance. So, um, you set goals for yourself from year to year and obviously with the pandemic really, you know, affecting, uh, supply chain and, and distribution, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that kind of threw a, a wrench in things, but um, how do you ensure you're constantly growing and evolving the business? So as long as we're growing month over month, I, I feel confident. We did have a pause because of the manufacturing. I just want, I needed to pause because I did not, I, I wanted to make sure the product was perfect before I continued. So I needed to make sure that we had that in line. Um, and so I feel, I feel great about that, but I would say it's, you know, as long as we're having month over month growth, uh, and then I'm just doing things to help raise awareness. Like we're doing the trade show, right? Just getting exposure. So we're doing a trade show where we have, you know, merchants coming in and looking at it. We're doing it in little boutiques, right? I would say, you know, the most cost effective way to drive business is like direct to consumer. So we do a lot of stuff yeah. through the majority of our business comes through Instagram and our website. Um, we do have pockets within, um, you know, within uh, boutiques, a sort of that higher end boutique. It is a, you know, I'd say a higher end uh, product, Um and so, yeah, it's just like looking for opportunities. There's a, you know, I just sent in a business proposal to 
you know, a local business here that's a, a local business started here, but they're, you know, franchise across the country. And so just sent a business proposal there to say, okay, I feel like this is a good partnership. And just like really connecting with like-minded people that just want to help women like live and move and, and, and be more confident because we mm-hmm. have an amazing product, but at the end of the day, I just want to show people what's, I want to show women what's possible, what you work for, what you believe in is possible. And so like, I truly believe like this is just a conduit to help me get there. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. A question I I love, you know, talking about with entrepreneurs who cater to women specifically, who, you know, developed a, a product that's mainly used by women. What's, how do you think you can market to women in the most effective way? Like, how do you think, you know, is it education about the product? Is it, is there a specific type of marketing that works well for you? How do you, how do you speak to your target audience? So we're still, I, I, uh, to be completely frank, we're still, you know, we're still considered a startup, still trying to figure uh, in terms of the, the actual marketing piece. Yeah. I believe with my entire soul is that if you can be your authentic self and just be vulnerable and be open about, you know, the challenges in business, the challenges in life, like nobody has this stuff figured out. I mm-hmm. think people can feel it and they see it. And and if it takes me longer to grow as a result, I, I've had influencers reach out to me and say, can, you can pay me and I will do this. And I'm like, absolutely not. Unless you authentically love the product, I'm not one bit yeah. interested. I, honestly, I'm not one bit interested. This will grow. It, it may take more time because I'm not going to pay you $10,000 to do it. But I have women you know, in the fitness industry that said, I will do this just because I love this product and I appreciate what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. I feel like if you just live with us, like authenticity, people feel that you can't manufacture that stuff. And so I think yeah. it just takes more time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very valid point. I wanted to tell you, cause I think this is a good point. So I had someone flip me this woman on Instagram and she started her own business. She was like walking around flashing her Mercedes and like her Land Rover and all her stuff and said, you know, I started my business out here and now it's, you know, less than, you know, six months later, it's, you know, $12 million. And, and I think sometimes like I looked at that and I thought that doesn't, in terms of, you know, that doesn't help me understand how to grow a business, right? Flashing the the material products, I think. So I, I that stuff I actually find polarizing. And so any part of that, I try to stay away from. Like, I will not show my car. I, will, I purposely don't show my house. And it's not, right. it's just because I think it's not about the stuff that you're able to buy because of that. It's who you're able to become. It's who you're, be, you're able to help. And so... Yeah. I'll never ever, you know, see see that around that around our Hawks brand at all. And well, actually, connecting to that. So, how do you and and that's something that comes up a lot, especially with startup founders. 
Um, how do you ensure you bring those values as the business grows and as your team grows and expands and you, and you work with different suppliers and partners, how do you make sure those values really cascade down to all levels and then parts of your organization and, and business? Yeah, I say that's a challenge for, you know, for any business. I see that in the bank too, as the bank gets bigger, I worked for other institutions as the bank gets bigger, as businesses grow, you know, I think it's at the, I, I think it's at the top of the house and what's the messaging is, you know, is what you're saying and what you're doing congruent because people, again, people can tell that are the people you're choosing to work with. Like I'm very specific about who I work with. Mm-hmm. I, we have an affiliate program that we launched to say, okay, if you actually love and have tried the product, this is what we will do. And we've turned down people. I look at their page. I look what they're like, I, that's important to me. The people I spend time with, what they say to themselves, what they say to other people, how they treat. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how smart you are. How kind are you? And I can see that in, in the things you do and where you spend your time and what you value. So I always, you know, the people I have, you know, that I surround myself with, like very, very um, particular about that. And I will mm-hmm. you know, that's important to me. I'm very mindful because I've been in companies where you grow and you see at the top of the house, you know, the values don't necessarily line up with the mission statement or, you know, what your, pre, you know, what your previous leader that you totally respected. And, and, and I think I, I'm very mindful of that. That's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned about how important that is. And I would say, as you move up through an organization or through your business, it's always staying connected with those frontline people, never be too good to be on the front line with the people in the trenches. And so I would say sometimes, you know, people talk about that ivory tower. Mm-hmm. It is a you get so big in the big picture that you forget like what's actually happening on the front line boots on the ground. And so just taking time and making that a priority to make sure that you're staying connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. And it, I agree, it does get tougher as you grow in size and, you know, add people to the equation. Um, how do you make decisions typically? And it's interesting because you come from a finance, you know, banking background, um, yet you've mentioned, you know, believing in, in manifesting and things kind of lining up when they're meant to. So how do you, how do you look at, uh, you know, are you more, are you more data driven? Are you more intuition driven? Is it a, a mix of both? Uh, I would say, you know, I'm definitely right brained. And I would say, even though I'm in an analytical world, like people would describe me as I'd say a people person, but I'm also analytical. So I like in business meetings, I remember my boss had said to me, you know, when you get new information, like you're kind of quiet in meetings. And I was like, you know what, because when I know when I know I go quickly, and I go fast. But if it's new information, I need time. And so I would say, like, I need time to look it over. So if I have a big meeting coming up, and they're going to deliver new information if I can get stuff in advance to review it. So I would say I, it is a bit of a balance. I'd say mostly on instinct, if I'm completely honest, it's mostly on instinct. But if it's about the numbers and it's like I need time, like I need time to sink my teeth in, I need time to reframe, um, you know, that stuff, I would say, like, I, I'm not kidding. My brain is built a little bit differently. And so like all the accreditation I had to do to get <laughs> to get to the world that I'm in. Uh, it like it was painstaking, like where it would take somebody, you know, six weeks, it would take me three months. And it's just right. the way that my that my brain It's the I, I got it done and I got it done well, but it just takes me a little bit longer. And just recognizing that that's a gap for me, that it just takes me mm-hmm. a bit longer, allows me to just to to be to be thoughtful in situations and not make quick decisions, not be afraid to ask questions when I'm not sure. Yeah. Um 
And well, and I love that you've recognized that and, and are accepting it because there's so much pressure. And especially when we run businesses and as entrepreneurs, right, there's always kind of that comparison happening. Ooh, so-and-so, you know, their company took off so fast and they were able to grow exponentially in such a, a short amount of time. And I like that you're approaching it as well, you know, some stuff I might want to think about and I might want to, you know, take time to plan it properly. Um, and I think that's something that's something that's important um, for, you know, for people who start a business or whether it's a side hustle or full time gig, um, you know, taking the time to do things our way. And it's got it's got to feel right to us. Right. Yeah. It's I think awareness is I think a lot of times what gets in our way is our lack of awareness. Right. We walk through, we're like triggered by things and we're just like. You know, I get up every day two hours before anyone in my house and it's because I need time to like energize. I need time. Like I have to, yeah. I don't just jump into my day. I don't look at my phone. Mm-hmm. I meditate. I journal. I read every single morning. I listen to a podcast like every day. That's my ritual. And what mm-hmm. I've learned is the benefit of being so aware. I, I, I sit in meetings. I sit with people and I'm thinking they have no idea how they're coming across. And it's not a slight on them. It's just they haven't done the work, right? Or they're triggered and they realize like, or they have egos. Like I work in a money business with a lot of, mm-hmm. of men with egos. And I think we, for me, it's, you know, when I see somebody, you know, swinging around their ego, I, like it's a sign of weakness or weakness that you're not in the sense that I see it as an opportunity to help. Yeah. Right? I see it as an opportunity to say, okay, there's something there that you don't quite feel good about. How can I help you get okay with it or see the strength of the, what you bring and that you don't have to carry on like that? Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest gift we can all give to ourselves is just to be self-aware. It makes you a better, it makes you a, just a better, more likable human being. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love how you phrase that. And that makes me want to ask you, um, have you noticed a change or have you noticed how your experience now as a business owner is influencing the work you do as a banker? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. So I am, because I feel like, so now it's, so now I'm going around, I'm doing a circuit (laughs) where like I just was out in uh, Niagara Falls and there was an advancing women in agriculture. And so I just, I met my match. It was just, they asked me to come and speak because I'm an entrepreneur and a banker. And so I had to, I had to, so we're talking about women and wealth, right? And so I was able to thread my my entrepreneurial um, experience in with that, and and for whatever reason, it's it, it resonated. And so, like that's my how do you help some? Because it's it's one and the same, right? Like it's mm-hmm. hard to start your own business if you don't have any. It's not impossible, but it's it's more challenging if you don't have you know any business acumen. And I wouldn't say, like I said, not impossible, but it can be so much easier when you have this foundation of you have a little bit of money in the bank. And and so I was, you know, able to talk to both. And so I would say, even in my business, you know, in financial planning or, or TD Wealth, like it is a business about going out and meeting entrepreneurs. And on the the level that I can relate to them, it's just it served me so much more just from being a banker alone, because there is some clout in having the courage to be able to do something and get it going. So I was in an event in New York City in the beginning, was it the beginning of December, where I was seeing a friend um, being honored for the work she had done. But it was, I mean, there were CEOs of big companies. There was James Brown from the NFL was hosting it. You know, Katie Couric was in the room and like all of these influential people. And 
I was able to just speak so comfortably as a business owner to business owner. People were like, I run, I, I'm a CEO of a business that I didn't necessarily build and you built this business. And so it, it does, it gives you just confidence because you're like, I did something that I was scared to do. I, it was a thought and it becomes a thing. And it does, it gives you, it gives you confidence and courage. What would be, and actually I want to ask you, I want to ask you that question twice because I want your top three tips as somebody with a banking, you know, uh, finance background, what would be your financial related advice to women entrepreneurs? That's my first question. And then there'll be a second part. Yeah. So I would say, so a lot of women defer to, I would say to, to men in relationships. Like we, we're seeing that a lot, right? We, I yeah. see it in day to day. So I would say, there's a responsibility for us as women to just to take charge. Right. And so I would say, you know, having money in the bank matters. Again, it gives you the confidence, like being able to pay, pay your bills on your own. Like there is confidence that comes from that. So I would say Mm -hmm. for women, it's like you, you, you definitely have to be, you know, you have to be engaged. I would say, you know, you know, if, if you're not confident doing it, hire someone that can do it for you. Right. So I, people say, well, there's fees if I do that. And it's like, I know there's fees, but what's the cost if you don't. Right. And so I would say, you know, that's something I I really think like be engaged with your advisor, pay someone to do it like that, like that, that's important too. And I would say even like, and it's not just because I'm in financial planning. I really believe you need to have a financial plan. I don't care how old you are. If you have dreams and aspirations, you need to have a financial plan. So I always say to people like, you know, how confident are you that you're saving, you know, enough to get you through into retirement, right? And so most people have not a freaking clue. They're like, I have no idea how much, no idea. And so even having a plan, if you have young kids and like, how are you going to get them through, you know, through university? Do you even know the cost of university? So having a financial plan, you can confidently know that you're going to be okay. So when the markets are going crazy and they're down 12%, you're like, I'm okay. I don't need my money for the next, you know, if you have kids on the next 15 years. And so we can help paint that picture for you. So whether it's at TD financial planning or it's outside, I just think you really, you know, you really, it's your responsibility to take charge. I just think it's been too long where we're sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there, I think there were about three things in there, but was there something you want to add from a financial planning standpoint or just a, um, you know, money management standpoint? So I, well, I would just say like, like start, start saving now, like any amount that you start to save is right. Like start saving now. I mean, we have a ton of different products across the financial industry from TFSAs to RSPs to RESPs for your kids' education. I say that to people mm-hmm. all the time you know, you're, if you're sending your kids off to school, like, why wouldn't you take grant money? So I would just say, um, just, it's like, start saving, just start taking charge. Right. right. And so, yeah, that would be my, be That's my advice. advice. Start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. What, what would be your top three tips for women interested in starting a business, whether as a side hustle or full time, uh, what yeah. are three things they need to keep in mind? So I would say, don't think that you can't do it. Like if you have any doubts, look at all the stuff that you figured out, whether it's driving, whether it's writing, whether whatever and raising kids, I would say, don't doubt that you can do it. You will figure it out. Look at all the stuff that you figured out. I would say, do one thing every day that moves you towards it. So I know that sounds ridiculous, but when I go back to that manifestation about putting the effort out there, like 
do if if you have an idea if you want to write a book right you know what would you want to write a book on and i would say like do the research who's done it look at websites look on instagram we have access to so many people yeah. education at our fingertips and i it, it blows my mind that people don't spend the time trying to learn like i don't it blows my mind that people will sit and watch, watch netflix or scroll through somebody else's life rather than living the life of their dreams so i would say like True. just Start, do one thing today and every day, and you'll be shocked at how things start to line up. Um, and then I'd say the third thing is don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like, I, you know, I've kind of always held back because I don't want to, I don't want to bother people, but anybody that I've reached out to, you know, they've never has hesitated to help me. And so I would say sure. women, we want, we want to help lift and support and empower women and find those women, yeah. find that community there's nobody that has ever reached out to me that I've never gotten back to, even if it's to yeah. say, you know what, I'm traveling this week. Can you book us? So we don't we don't have to do it alone. And so yeah. find the women in the community that resonates with you and don't be afraid. Do you want to go out for coffee? I would say when you do that, see if you there's a way that you can add value too. So I always see how do I how do I take work off your plate? Yeah. So that how do I return the favor? Because I hate that's just a thing. I don't know. It's a Catholic thing. The way I was raised, I hate asking. For, I, I do. I hate asking for help. I hate feeling like I'm, you know, using someone else that I would. Ever it's do most it. women. Yeah. And I can tell you every woman I speak to on here, I think the big difference between women who are succeeding or have kind of, you know, reached a higher level in, in terms of what they're doing with their business, they reached out and asked for help and they built a yeah. community around them. Or at some point it was just, you know, that first anecdote you were sharing, your friends knew you were building something, you had a roadblock. They met someone on vacation that could be a support totally. to you, right? It happens that way. But women, we we think we can do it all on our own. We're afraid to ask for help. And I yeah. think it's a, it's a major, it's a major obstacle for many of us. It sure is. And it doesn't have to be. That's the crazy yeah. thing of the thing that I just shared. You, everyone can start that. Everyone can do that today, right? Yeah, absolutely. So love that advice. And then uh, in closing, what can we expect uh, for, for Hux? What's coming next for, for the yeah. brand and what's on their calendar for 2023? So we are, we're in innovation. So we're actually, we've, um, uh, we're, we're prototyping a yoga pant. So we are, so our underwear uh, feature an innovative bamboo charcoal insert. So it comes up just high enough again to cover the camel toe, but it also, it's made out of bamboo charcoal because it pulls out moisture and odor. And so what we learned through our market research is some women said, but I don't wear underwear when I work out. So what we've done is we're, we're prototyping a yoga pant where it's actually built in. And so we're, that will come to market. We're looking at other colors and we're actually looking at, you know, larger sizes. And so, you know, some of the feedback was, is like, you know, you don't offer the bigger sizes and we want to be body inclusive. It's not because of that. It's actually a financial, there's a financial reason you can't buy, make every size and have yeah. it sit on the shelf and not move, right? Like it's just, that's just not financially, and that's just not financially wise to do that. And so you're going to see different sizes. You're going to see um, different colors, different styles. And then um, you're going to see, yeah, we're going to see it in yoga pan. And my husband is saying like, when are we going to do this for men? So I think <laughs> in the long run, we will do a men. And then you may see us on, I did do a stint on, or I did do um I met with the uh, producers of Dragon's Den. So it was late in the game last Ooh. year. We did it. I probably had no business even doing it because we weren't far enough along and we're still trying right. to figure things out. Um, but it actually went pretty well and we had really good feedback. And so on the spot feedback, they don't get back to you. They just say, 
yay or nay. Um, or sorry, they only get back to you if you're actually on the show. So I would say you right. may see us do that. And yeah, so like I said, that we're just getting started. And um, yeah, so we're very, very excited. Well, it's all it's all very exciting. Congratulations for what you were able to build already and can't wait to see what comes next for the brand. We'll list the website and social accounts for anyone who's interested in finding more about the product and, and maybe purchasing. And I'm personally very excited for those yoga pens. Yes, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time and the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you so much for making time to speak with me as we start the new year. Yes, have a great new year. <laughs> you as well. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.